0: All right and welcome to HatTrick Sports Talk our Friday show for the week. As always I am joined by Brandon and Shane. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, doing well. How about you? How about you two? <laughs> doing good, Brandon. You good? Pretty good. All right, let's get started with as we always do with Thursday night football. The Dolphins absolutely obliter- obliterated the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon, I'll start with you. What is your reaction to the Dolphins' win yesterday? Um,
1: I think I can officially say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are a one-dimensional team. They n- seriously need D.J. Chark, uh, When they don't have him. they have nothing. Um. Also, appears that that offensive line is pretty trash because you know they've been terrible you know, all year. Gardner Minshew last night, who boy, um, he was just getting rushed and throwing bad passes. So
0: mm-hmm. we're talking about that one specific one uh, when Connolly was wide open. Um, Noah Igbenogany their first round rookie got baited on a, on a pump fake by Gardner, and Gardner didn't set his feet and completely overthrew what was an easy touchdown that could have changed the whole uh, complexion of the game. Um, but on the other side with Miami, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was really good yesterday. Shane, what are your thoughts on Miami now and moving forward after a good win? Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think Miami
2: is... Like two, three years away from being a playoff team, not like a you know thirteen and three, but you know like a wild card or whatever. Because they they're a very young team, except for Fitzmagic, of course. But of course, he's not the uh, you know he's not the permanent guy. He's just kind of there as a bridge for now. Um, which is not you know anything against him. He's still. He looked He looks great. He looked really good last night. And, uh, you know, I think they started 0-2. It was a bit rough for them at first, but I think, you know, they just kind of needed to – I think they needed a game like this to win it in style, win it easily, and kind of get their confidence back up, you know, and just because they have – you know, there's a lot of new still on that team, you know, of course – with miles Gaskin being kind of the starter now mm-hmm. and, uh, he's done quite well, which I don't think anyone was really expecting. And, um, you know, in addition, you got guys like Devontae Parker who has been a stud. <laughs> um, and maybe it's because the Jags offensive line is terrible, but, uh, their pass rush looked great last night. So, um, you know, that's something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't – you know, I don't think that – I think until they get a franchise guy in there, whether it's Tua or uh, somebody else, I don't know who. Uh, it would probably be Tua, right? So Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, unless he, <clears throat> unless he ends up playing and he isn't good or whatever, you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be the most likely – at this point is to, uh, you know, I think is, I think once they get their franchise guy, whoever it is, once they get him in there for a year and then they can kind of mesh some things, have a, have a, have a couple good drafts, you know, and fill in some pieces on defense and, and then, you know, maybe get some good free agents. I think this team could be pretty
0: good. Now, this may be an unfair question to ask, and I'll go to both of you for this. Uh, going back to the Jags and Gardner, um, it seems to me that every week I always flip on if he's a franchise quarterback or not. Now, obviously, I still think it's a little bit early in week three. Does Gardner look like a bridge quarterback to you guys, or do you think he's a franchise guy moving forward? I know it's a tough question this early in the year, but what are your guys' thoughts on that? So, so I'll, I'll go first. Um...
1: I would argue that Gardner Minshew, I I believe he is a franchise quarterback, right? The reason being is this was the first game I've seen him play in his young career in the NFL where he looked truly, like, out of it, you know? Um, Every game he's played, he's looked fairly good. He's been an offensive machine. I believe they said last night that was his first NFL interception. Um, No, not his first interception. He had one... uh, No, he had two last week. Um, But the man doesn't throw interceptions that much. And I would argue last night it wasn't his fault that he wasn't looking that great. It was more... He had no time. Um, And... However, it did make me it did kind of make me think about how that highlighted the difference between high caliber quarterbacks who are starters and decent quarterbacks who are starters. And by that, I mean, I'm talking about players like Russell. I'm talking about players like uh, Drew Brees or man or Peyton Manning, or like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the people who like, have the ability to keep the poise when they're in a rough situation, um, so I don't know. I think he's a starting quarterback. I think he's a, a franchise quarterback, but at the same time, it's not like Jacksonville is going to have that many more op- that many options coming their way, um, so.
2: Yeah, I think – I don't know. I mean, you know, I think if he was on a team that was better and that had <clears throat> not necessarily more weapons, but just, I mean, somewhere where, you know, like Brandon said, where he wasn't – where the pass rush just didn't get to him all the time um, and he had time to sit in the pocket and make throws, you know, I think he, I think he could be a franchise guy. Um, not, you know, not like a Patrick Mahomes or a Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, but you know, a uh, like a a mid tier uh, franchise guy with development in, in the right system. Because I mean, you look at you look at this guy last year, <clears throat> right? I mean, I I certainly was not expecting him to be a starter, or to even to even touch the football in the NFL coming out of Washington state. I mean, yeah, I figured he would be, <clears throat> you know, like a sixth, seventh round draft pick, which he was, but then, you know, it just so happened to be that he ended up starting for
0: 13, 14 games last year. I believe it was 13. Yeah. I was injured for a period. Yes.
2: Yeah. And he had like 20, he had 26 touchdowns. It's like 3,300 yards. Um, Pass rating of about 90, 91, if I remember correctly. Which, you know, for a guy like that who is coming from a Pac-12 school and then going to, especially a Pac-12 school that never has successful NFL quarterbacks.
0: Drew Bledsoe is the only major one other than... Right. Well, that didn't last long. But anyways... Um,
2: But, yeah, so, I mean, you have – he's coming from a Pac-12 school. He's not expected to be big in the NFL. And then here he is starting kind of unexpectedly. And then he takes a terrible team and puts them some pretty good numbers with it. So, you know, I think he – I mean, I don't know if they're – I don't really think that they're tanking for Lawrence because it seems like they're actually <clears throat> trying to win. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, who knows where he'll end up. But, um, I mean, if they end up with the number one overall pick, they might go for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just stuck with Gardner Minshew for now.
0: hmm I mean, there's definitely options on the line uh, on both sides for them. Uh, on the offensive line, there's definitely some options in the draft as well, especially early on that they could go for. They could go for another receiver. This is a pretty deep receiver class as well. Um, That's so what I would, would do, I think. Yeah. I really like their receiver still. I mean, they picked up Leviska Chenault. He's been a bit of a gadget guy in recent weeks. I'm sure he's going to find a breakout at some point. Um, I do like their receiving core. It was just weird to see that with Chark not being there it was kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, and then our fantasy star MVP for the week is on the losing side. James Robinson, 30.9 points. He's a guy who's been really productive. He was kind of the only bright spot for the Jags last night with uh 30, what it was it? 30.9 points. Um, and someone who is definitely going to be an RB two um, with RB one upside to some in some matchups, but he's going to be a solid RB two the rest of the year. Uh, so if he's on your waiver wire, go pick him up. Uh, and then it- the thing about James
1: Robinson, honestly, is like if you look at the situation last night, I mean, he benefited from situation. Those were near touchdowns. Like they, they were both in situations where they gave. Uh, they gave Minshew the chance to throw the ball three times. Mm. Couldn't connect. And then they just gave the ball to Robinson and he got it done. As a fantasy owner of Minshew, it was infuriating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, James Robinson has, I believe he's running back 14 over the yeah. first three weeks. So definitely really productive. Speaking of fantasy, we have some trades to announce in our fantasy league. Um, so right now updating our fantasy league, um, David, me, Shane and Mason are all four of us, uh, at two and O two weeks in, but I did want to talk about some of the trades that were made. Um, I made two trades on Wednesday. The first trade that I made is I sent our guy Jackson, uh, Russell Gage and Ryan Tannehill for Jared Goff and A.J. Green, your guys' analysis on that trade. Wow. Hmm. Interesting.
2: You... Wait. He...
0: Oh, so you had... Yeah. So you had Goff. Oh, no, no, no. No, I he had, had Tanner. I he had Goff and I traded him Tannehill, oh. And I got back AJ Green. Now keep in mind huh. with Jackson's team, um his quarterback last week was Kirk Cousins who had yeah. minus 1.2. And so I I and I have Kyler, so that was kind of my thought. Uh you you're really interested by this trade chain. What are your thoughts? Well, he kind of screwed you, honestly.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like...
0: You gave up AJ plate. Green
1: for Russell Gage?
0: That's a... Well, I, I got AJ Green in the deal. So, I mean, if you're looking at this from my perspective, I have Kyler... I don't need Tannehill. And I would rather have depth at a position that I can use. That would be A.J. Green. If you look at his target share, his target share has been incredibly high. I think it's about 30%. Um, and we saw Oh, wait, a- no,
2: sorry. I, I had the trade backwards. No, yeah. Jackson got screwed.
1: Yeah, it'll wait. Well, I don't know. I don't think well, he okay, got look screwed. At, look look at it screwed. this way. Look at it this way. Like, it's basically – one guy gets a better quarterback, gets a top which he, ten quarterback. She needs, mm-hmm. and in return, Robert gets a better okay, wide a better receiver. receiver. So, <clears throat> I mean, we'll see in the end whether it was. I mean,
0: I just hope losing
2: AJ Green doesn't affect yeah. Jackson. You know? I mean, per-
1: personally, I would have. Str- I would have just gone the route of streaming a quarterback off the waiver wire instead of giving up a a wide receiver like A.J. Green, but um, yeah.
0: I mean, I think getting a top 10 quarterback for A.J. Green is pretty good value, especially I think he's pretty comfortable with his receivers. Um, he has Robert Woods. He has a couple other stud receivers. He's pretty comfortable at that spot. So yeah. I think losing A.J. Green isn't yeah, a matter of a price everything. to me. Um, and then
1: there's, the, uh, then there's the deal that – we made Robert um I so I sent to Robert I sent Le'Veon Bell and Amari Cooper because for some reason Robert wanted to take Le'Veon off my hands um (laughs) and then in return I received James Conner and Jarvis Landry um now Hmm. for some uh some context here um I really needed a, a second running back because uh, <laughs> I got real screwed so far this season. Uh, Marlon Mack, who was going to be my replacement, got hurt in game two. And I'm pretty certain my current running back, too, is not going to do very
0: You have Rojo, well. so...
1: yeah. I feel like Fournette's about to steal his job. Um, and I'm like kind of swimming in wide receiver talent right now. So, um, yeah. Um, I, I I was a little – it hurt me a little bit to part ways with Mari Cooper after he had such a great week last week. But uh, I don't know, man. In a way – it's kind well, of a – he's a little bit of a trust exercise because uh, he didn't have a great week one, and I have no idea how, we, how well that offense is going to play throughout the season. Um, but I, I think it was a fair deal.
2: It's a fair deal for sure. I think you both – I think you both gained something and you both lost something. Yeah. Robert, I think James Conner, at least – for right now while he's healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fingers I, crossed. <laughs> I think that's probably a substantial loss for you considering McCaffrey is your RB1 he's and hurt. he's out for a few weeks. However, Amari Cooper is going to be much more productive than Jarvis Landry because, because Baker. But <laughs> now... If James Conner is healthy, he's looking great. Yeah. And he's obviously going to get more points than Le'Veon. So that's good for you, Brennan.
1: Yeah. Also, obviously, you lose a lot of
2: receiver production. But who do you have a receiver?
1: I I have. Let me me just tell you all the receivers I have, possibility I have. Okay. So I have. I just picked up Corey Davis. um, Okay. And I have CD Lamb. All right. Who has apparently bumped up to like the second. Option for the uh, Cowboys, and then also I have Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jarvis Landry now, Preston Williams, who last night sh- who played pretty well, Brandon Cooks, DJ Chark, um,
0: and Golden Tate. So,
1: and Golden Tate, who
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah you're good.
1: Um, and so honestly, once Br- once DJ Chark is is healthy again, um, yeah, that's. I, I'm not gonna have any troubles there. I mm-hmm. was joking with I was joking with Robert like when everybody's all, wide receivers start getting hurt, everybody's gonna be coming to me to to get to get a a wide receiver replacement. Hmm.
2: Well, in Jarvis Landry, I mean, he will be the more productive receiver in Cleveland. So yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I think um, I think Brandon will win that trade in the end, but I think. Robert will win that, uh, that first one. Yeah.
1: So it was kind of obvious in the trade that Robert wasn't like, he was coming to me just, he wanted Amari Cooper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, to be completely honest, Connor and Landry were on the trade block. I was trying to move them aggressively. Um, Mm -hmm. because, and because I, I love my running backs right now. I got really lucky off the waiver wire. Um, picking up James Robinson, picking up David Montgomery. I'm really comfortable with them. And I picked up Joshua Kelly, who I'm thinking I'm probably going to flex this week. I feel really comfortable about the running back position. I felt like I needed an upgrade at receiver. And that's why the AJ Green trade makes yeah. sense. That's why Amari Cooper made sense. Um, yeah, I'm worried about Connor's injury a little bit, although I'm, I, I think that it's probably over now to some extent, where I think Brandon's going to get good production out of him as for Jarvis Browns right now are are more run-based offense. But as you said, uh, Shane, Jarvis is definitely going to be more productive throughout the rest of the year. So definitely, I think it's a pretty even trade on both sides. I mean, knowing my luck this season, Connor will like blow his ACL next week. And (laughs) I hope not. I don't want (sighs) to see more injuries, man. I don't want to see more injuries. I mean, I
1: had him last year and he was great up until week 6 so then
0: I hope then, not man I don't want to see any more injuries
1: bunch of shenanigans
0: um and then Shane as well what what's been your perspective on your team so far going 2 and 0 well
2: um i mean i think uh yeah you know, the biggest thing is just that just you know starting the right guys and there's only been a couple of times when I was like, dang it, I should have started this person or that person or whatever. Um, you know, the one position that I was kind of worried about was was running back because my two starters were Chris Carson and Raheem Mostert um, because they were the best available one I picked. <laughs> so, um, but they, other than the injury, obviously – They have been pretty good. I mean, they've gotten me 20 to 30 points per game. So, um, you know, that's working out all right. Um, And then, you know, everyone else. I mean, I have Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. So, you know, I have two pretty consistent, reliable starter (coughs) caliber quarterbacks. And, um, you know, Michael Thomas, whenever he's healthy, Allen, so you know, and the Patriots' defense has been pretty good, other than the Seahawks game. But you know, your
0: your was cooking. So <laughs> your receiving core is really fun with Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, of course. With uh, with Herbert starting, um, is yeah. going to be more productive. Diggs has been a surprise. Um, how him and Josh Allen have produced so far. Yeah, it's I, been don't, really I impressive.
2: don't, I I don't know why that's so surprising to people because. I mean, Allen is, a, in my opinion, a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, and and Diggs was already really good, so it's like, well, put two and two together.
0: You know. I think the more interesting thing with the Bills in terms of the Allen-Diggs connection is the fact that Allen throws the ball deep. Diggs is a, is a guy who just oh, loves yeah. the deep ball, and well, I, I than... wasn't expecting it to, to go that quickly. I mean other than Mahomes Allen has probably
2: the strongest arm in the NFL. So at least that I can think of. But yeah. Yeah, yeah no I I like my team. I'm a little worried this week but yeah you
0: know it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And uh let's actually go back to uh the real world in the NFL and talk about the Jets uh the Jets now are in absolute chaos. Bradley McDougal, the former Seahawk, uh, talked about their practice habits after their loss to the Niners last week. I um, feel so sorry for that guy. Can he move from the Seahawks to the Jets? Yeah. My God, that just sucks. Uh, so yeah. t- to continue, he said, we've had some slow practices and it correlates to the game. We need to have a complete full week of great practices. I don't think we've had that yet. As soon as we realize that and hone in on how important that is, um, we, and come out and win at practice, it will translate to the games on Sunday. That's a bit of a paraphrasing there. Brandon, your thoughts on this comment from Bradley McDougal and also Avery Williamson questioned it as well.
1: Well, it's nice of him to think that, but when you have, I believe, zero first-team wide receivers left on the field, I think they're literally playing third string wide receivers at this point.
0: With no crowder, yeah. Pretty much.
1: What what are you what do you gonna do? Like it's it, it's pathetic. I mean, Shane was talking about how the Jaguars are like might be tanking for for uh, Lawrence. Yeah, right. The only team that has a chance at him is the Jets. I don't think the Jets are gonna win a single game this year. They're like that bad
0: you're not gonna win a single game with
1: not a single game I mean how do you win a game when you don't have wide receivers like
0: yeah but pretty much their whole core even Denzel Mims has been hurt as well they won't win a single game with the incredible Sam Darnold who I still think is overrated my thought has changed completely on (laughs) Sam Darnold he's regressed so much man like he doesn't look good at all um I don't. I don't know what well, to if mean, you
2: Arnold. If you had looked into my crystal ball, he, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. No, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it, you know, it could be like a, like a Gardner Minshew thing. If he was at a better team, then maybe it would be better. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Because at least Gardner looks competent. I don't know. Donald just looks like he has no idea what to do. (laughs) And
0: and I think uh, it keeps going back to this Adam Gase hire. I mean, once Adam Gase came into the fold, look at what Le'Veon Bell has said. Look at what a bunch of members of the team have said about how they've practiced, how they're utilizing their star players. Adam Gase seems to be the ultimate problem here, don't you guys think? Well, yeah, but I mean...
2: Look at the coaching market. Like, who are you going to get? You know, I mean, there's what Urban Meyer, he's not going to go there. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? All the good coaches are, are taken.
0: <laughs> now, now, I know hindsight is 2020, but let's keep this in mind. Mike McCarthy took a year off last year, he wanted the mm-hmm. Jets job last year, he did want it. He wanted the Jets job last year. He was going to take the Jets job. He was the, that was the only job that really interested him last year. Hindsight's yeah, that would have been a funny, good fit. But Mike McCarthy on the Jets would have made more sense than Adam Gase. At least they would have practiced a lot better.
2: Or Mike McCarthy and the
0: Cowboys. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Brandon, uh, your thoughts on Adam Gase and how he's coaching this team? Uh.
1: I believe I said a while back that I just – look, I I don't believe if I would – I don't know if I would blame it on Adam Gase because let's be honest here. The Jets are just like a black hole. That sucks any level of success into it and then spits it out. They've had. When you are a team like the Jets, when you're a team that's bad, nobody good is going to want to come to your team. Frankly, it's a little like. Think about the Seahawks. Like, we went through. After we were, we got lucky. Like after, uh, oh God, um, who? I'm, trying, I'm blanking my name on on his name. Uh,
0: not uh, Carol,
1: but the guy we had. Got, we got
0: we got Mora, right? Mora before. Mora, but
1: the but the guy we had before Mora. Um, I don't
0: remember because we because we had Holmgren and then we went to yes, Mora Holmgren,
1: after. Holmgren. We got lucky that, that between Holmgren and Carroll, we only had one year of a crappy coach.
0: I think it was two with Mora, but either way, no, yeah, Mora only
1: Mora was only one year, um, and usually you have teams that just go weeks or not weeks, years with bad coaches. The Seahawks managed to snag. Pete Carroll coming off of success in college, mostly probably because people didn't really think that someone who had success in college would have success in the the pros. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It does seem like Adam Gates doesn't exactly know how to run a, a football team, though.
0: He's a good offensive coach. I mean, the reason he went, the reason he got hired there, was because of helping Darnold. But it's not all about the quarterback when you're looking at the coaching uh, with that coaching job. Uh, and and now moving on to the ten o'clock games, um, Shane, what is a ten o'clock game you're looking forward to?
2: Well. <laughs> In a weird way, I'm kind of looking forward to um, to the Niners Giants just to see if the injury slaughter continues.
0: Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> no. I know, but that's like dark. No, I, just because it's they were saying, oh, it's the field. So it's like if that really
2: is the case, and all these injuries continue, it'd be like, hmm. Well, that's kind of sketchy. But yeah. You know. Anyways, um, I digress. Um, in all seriousness, <clears throat> uh, Rams Bills will be great, I think, um, because these are, you know, these two undefeated teams, and they, uh, you know, they're both. They, like the Rams, I wasn't, I was not expecting them to look as good as they do, and um, you know, I think Sean McVay <clears throat> is kind of reminding. Us, me in particular, that yeah, I'm still a good coach. I'm still here. You know, I'm going to make my impact. It's like, okay, I got it. And, you know, they've looked great defensively. And Bills, whose defense I thought was like number one in the NFL, has looked kind of, you know, they're they're okay, but not, you know, not wowing me.
0: They've had an injury bug. They've lost a few players to injury over the last couple weeks on their defense. So it's a bit depleted.
2: And so I just, you know, I want to see how they do against Sean McVay in this, you know, very creative, unpredictable offense. And, and also how, um, and how the Rams defense can do against Buffalo's crazy pass offense. Um, you know, I want to see if they can put pressure on Allen and, forced him to make some bad throws or isn't that, which it's entirely possible. Um, Bengals, e- Eagles is also interesting. They, they're they both 0-2, but, um, you know, I want to see if, if Cincinnati's come close to winning both of their games. And I think this will be a real showing of, you know, is Philly actually bad or are they just in kind of a weird funk? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it'll just be interesting to see who comes out on top there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, oh, and Raiders-Patriots. That should yeah. be fun, too.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of great matchups here as well. Titans-Vikings and yeah. Bears-Falcons after uh, the Falcons collapse. Brandon, I'll give you the floor with the 125 games. I know you're looking at one in particular, as everyone is nationally uh, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I'll start with you uh, with that preview.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, You know, I look at the Cowboys in the Seahawks game, and I'm really tempted to say, like, I don't feel like the Cowboys are going to have much of a chance, you know? Um, you like, okay, fine. Mike, you say I'm a homer, no, I'm but kidding. but think about yeah, it this way. Joke. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I know it's a joke, but, like, <laughs> if you look at it this way <clears> – <throat> the cowboys had to bring their ass back against the for, against the falcons and the seahawks smacked that ass against the falcons <laughs> like we kicked their ass so hard they flew away to their bird nest and cried
0: i think uh, that's yeah. a little too aggressive that's a you little know, too much i mean man that's too much
1: uh, look, not it is not too much. They did fly away to their bird nest and cry, like you know. Look, too much. Whatever, Robert. You, too much. They are the opposition. Damn it. Uh. <laughs> the Cowboys. People talk about how the Seahawks are like. They give up all these passing yards, yada yada yada. Well. We may give up passing yards, but we haven't given up that many passing touchdowns. And if the Cowboys want to throw the ball, sure, go ahead, throw the ball. Like, you might get a bunch of yards, but I mean, the Seahawks continue to have Ben don't break defense. Um, and I'm sure Jamal Adams is licking his chops to get a couple sacks after last week where he missed on a couple. Um, And our Seahawks offense has continued to show that they can take out anybody who comes their way in the first two games. So uh, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I'll be watching it on mute or on red zone because of the commentary team uh who I shall I'm, not name.
0: I'm I'm good with Joe and Troy, man. I'm good I with those a petition to ban them. I know, homer's I <clears throat> like uh, Joe and Troy a lot. Um, they
1: are, I, but you already know my opinion on them. But
2: yeah. Um, no, I think uh I think Dallas will have some some success in their pass game. Uh but that's about it. I think Zeke will be shut down and um I think defensively they'll just be all over the place, kind of a mess. So, um, yeah, another game that I am really looking forward to is Packers Saints. Yeah, Sunday nighter. Or... Because two weeks ago, I would have told you that New Orleans was gonna just blow them away. But now, <laughs> um, I've kind of done a full one eighty on that, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure the Packers are gonna gonna take him to the slaughterhouse and
0: and uh yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Like I don't think so man. Breeze I, think might, it's be... I,
1: I feel like uh, Breeze is gonna be like, look, this ain't how
2: it'll we be roll. a high
0: scoring game regardless. Mm-hmm.
1: Well the question is do the Saints have uh do they have Michael Thomas back? No, he's so. out. He's out. Oh he's out uh, that'll he's be out. a big difference.
0: Um at, at least from the reports I've seen he's out. Yeah, and and he was
2: listed as questionable.
0: Yeah, I think he's. But. I I think they're going to go on the safe side, and I think more than likely he's out, um, at least for a couple of weeks. Nice. Um, Shane, in terms of 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 Michael Thomas, right? And you look at Drew Brees and his performances the last two weeks, especially last week on Monday night. Do you? And, and there's been a lot of talk on if the, if he can really push the ball down the field. Does he really have that same arm talent? What's your What's been your impression on Drew Brees? Uh, and his performance without Michael Thomas.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just become, you know, it's become very apparent without him that they they do rely on him uh, for a lot of their passing production because, you know, you look at this game and, I mean, he he barely threw to any receivers. He just... Through to. Um. Was their tight end? Um.
0: They threw to Jared Cook, but they also Jared threw to Traquan yes. as well and, to Traquan Smith.
2: Right, won well, a lot of passes like to Kamara and whatnot, <clears throat> which is weird because it's not like Breeze was being pressured, you know, like he had plenty of time. So I don't know, you know, I think that was either either Breeze really is regressing or that was just like a fluke game for him. Um, you know, judging how he was in the Tampa Bay game, which they did win with 34 points. However, he only threw for like 170 yards. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, Part of that could be the fact that Camara is just playing absurdly well, uh, which <clears throat> that could be the case. I don't know, um, but you know, it's it's kind of. I mean, it, it's kind of troubling to me when, when this guy is, you know, when he see, it feels like he can only throw to to one receiver, you know, or like consistently reliably and get big production out of it. You know what I mean? So.
0: then going to the Packers side, uh, Brandon, what have been your thoughts on this Packers offense? I know we've been talking about their offense the past couple of weeks. What have been your thoughts on this offense?
1: It, the offense is good, but it it, it seems to take a little bit to get going. You know, um, I know in the first week, they kind of got going pretty quickly, um, but last week against the uh, last week against the Lions, they were down uh, in the first quarter or two, and I'm starting to wonder like they're a good offense, but I'm starting to wonder what will happen when they play against teams that um, have better defenses.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think the Saints are yeah. that matchup. No, <clears throat> The Saints. I mean, they're not.
2: They're not bad, but they're not what they they're not what they were like last
0: year or year before. You know. How many flags did the Saints have, especially in the secondary in that <laughs> game against the Raiders? That was brutal. <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, we'll also cover the Monday Nighter as well, uh, as this is the game of the week: the Chiefs and the Ravens. This is going to be amazing. Um, this is the
2: one I'm really looking for.
0: This so. is uh this is gonna be a classic. This is a must watch game. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you with Chiefs Ravens.
1: Yeah, um a lot of people are using this as kind of like the benchmark for who's gonna be the Super Bowl winner, but I feel like that's a little unfair.
0: It's too, it's too um, much, yeah.
1: It's it's too much. It's kind of unfair because I feel like Both of these teams have, are no, they're like really good, but they're not like they're, they're not like super powered versions of the teams that they were um, last year. Uh, I feel like it's a much more open race for the Super Bowl. Um, There's many teams that you could argue could win it, Uh, but this game is going to be pretty great. Um, I think personally, I think I'll I would probably go with the Chiefs. Um, but I think the Chiefs are going to bring the offensive firepower, and I think the Ravens are going to bring more of the defensive firepower. Um,
0: so this could absolutely be this could absolutely be a shootout as well. Uh, Shane, your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Yeah, I think it definitely will be a shootout Um, because I think that these – I think think these two quarterbacks and their offensive personnel going up against these defenses, it's – you know, you got – they're both – you know, as defenses, they're both good, but neither one is – in my opinion, as amazing as they were last year. So, I mean, you know, they I, I I could see it I could see these two guys who are two of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. I could see them just totally exploiting these defenses. And I think they will. You know, I think regardless it's going to be a close game, whether it's a defensive game or it's and offensive blowout, um, you know. I mean, it could go either way. You're just looking at, based, you know, how the Chiefs did last week. Uh, Mahomes, you know, he didn't have his most amazing game up until the end. There, ah, I was about to sneeze. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you know, so part of that is. Also because, you know, the, I think because the Chiefs defense was planning for Tyrod Taylor, and then they got Justin Herbert, and so then they had to adjust at halftime, and then they looked great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we kind of know what to, you know, they kind of know what they're getting now with Baltimore and vice versa, Baltimore with uh, with uh Kansas City. So, yeah, I think uh there will be a lot more preparation for this especially since it's a longer week for them
0: yeah it'll be good yeah and we're going to move also to some college football news the Pac-12 will play a seven game conference schedule beginning on November 6th Brandon I'll start with you with the Pac-12 playing a seven game schedule all power five are going to start playing here in earnest
1: like I'm, I'm not I'm not that excited really like It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel appropriate, you know, Mm -hmm. like I get it. There's like testing and everything, but like seven games. Great. Like, what are you going to do? Seven games. What's the point? Also the fact that it doesn't really matter what your record is to get into the, to play for the championship for the PAC 12. Like also doesn't matter what your record is to be able to be at a bowl game. Like,
0: you can be under 500. So. You can
1: literally be 0-7 and, and play in a bowl game. Like, <laughs> Wait, it,
0: really? Yes. Well, well, I don't think 0-7 oh, might oh be a bit of a stretch, but you could have three to four wins and make a bowl game. It's like, <laughs> this, is, uh, this,
1: is the, this is the laughability that comes out of the Pac-12.
0: So Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's probably for all of college football, the fact that you can be under 500 and make a bowl game. Shane, Shane, I'll go with you with this as well. And you can mention about the Pac-12 playing also, but I did want to get your opinion on the college football playoff, right? And how the committee is going to handle this, because I'm worried that there could be three SEC teams and Clemson in the playoff. (laughs) It seems like the playoff could be really janky. And we've already had, we've, you and I both have had our reservations about uh, this committee. And now with this perspective on how the committee is going to handle this situation, I'm worried it could be a lot worse.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I, um, this isn't really uh, – this is not really a secret, if you, if you know me. But I think uh, – quite frankly, I think college football is a, kind of a joke at the moment. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, um, the playoff is no different. Um, in the several years it's existed, I um, – I've never once cared for it. Uh, I just think it's kind of, um, you know, I don't think that the, uh, I never feel like the true proper teams are exactly chosen. Um, and, you know, it's only four teams, so who cares? What's the point? Just have the national title game and be done with it. Um, but oh no, we got to make more money because. NCAA were a bunch of corporate well, well, hang yeah, on a sec
0: Hang on a sec with, with that point um, <laughs> With that point really quick The BCS was a terrible Format Regardless yeah. of how the committee does Their job, like, we needed a playoff We can't just have two teams and a national title We we were clamoring for this for years no. Yeah,
2: I know So, like, it that's the thing Like, if you're gonna If you're gonna do it like, d- Yeah, make it Eight teams or sixteen teams or something. Don't just make it four teams. It's like, what's the point? You know, like who cares? I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me. Um, but yeah, there very well could be three SEC teams. Uh, you know, unless they, unless they put in some rules saying that you can't do that or whatever. I don't know um cuz the current the current standing or the current ranking is was is it Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, is that right? Or
1: yeah, Florida's number 5.
2: Okay. Yeah, so um I don't know. I mean, that that's
1: it is currently yeah, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, Texas, Auburn, Texas A&M.
0: Oh, okay. so I forgot about Oklahoma as well. Yeah.
2: But I mean, yeah, wow, look at that. Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia are in the top are in the top 4. God, what what are
1: the odds of that happening? Also, I love the fact that Alabama, who <laughs> hasn't even played a game, is number 2
2: somehow. Cuz it's Alabama, and we like, know what Alabama is. <laughs> yeah. And they even got a vote to be moved up to number 1 apparently. That's ridiculous. i mean like i just i don't know i mean the i already in my personal opinion i already feel like the playoff is just stupid and this year um is that could not be more of the case (laughs) Uh, yeah with I mean, with the shortened season and only so many schools playing, and conferences all playing at different times, and yeah, yada, yeah, yada, 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 yada. the NCAA itself needs to just take more initiative. They're just sitting back and letting them do whatever they want, and it's and it's so dumb. I mean, my dog could be a better president of the NCAA. Like, come on, <laughs> this is. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm just honestly. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm just, I don't really care about college football until they fix a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I've already, I have named those, those things a lot of times or, or many times grammar.
0: Um, you can go and, back in our show catalog and you can see yeah, all you of can it. Go
2: back to all my rants about why college football sucks. And, um, and then sprinkled in there, you might find something about how Joe Flacco is the greatest quarterback of all time, but you
0: brought it in here. You said <laughs> you're going to, and you did it. Yeah. He is the but Jets anyways. backup quarterback. He's out for a couple more weeks, but he is yeah. a backup quarterback.
2: Yeah. He should. I don't know why I didn't say that earlier because I was, he, he should be starting for the Jets because in two, to... in two weeks, he
0: should start for the Jets.
2: Because yeah. according to everybody, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So, you know, yeah. after he won that Super Bowl, I mean, he himself had a subpar season, but after the Rams won that Super Bowl, everyone's like, oh, Joe Flacco's Baby. a franchise quarterback. He's the best thing since sliced frickin' bread. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. By the way, if you don't notice, this is satire. I think Joe Flacco is the most overrated quarterback in NFL history, but know that's okay. Yeah.
0: I don't think we need a full 20 minutes of Joe Flacco. Him Lincoln. and Tom Brady. But yeah. Brady's the greatest of all time, but either way. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's yeah. facts, though, man. It's, it's like facts.
1: It's not facts. Yeah, it's it's facts. Statistically, I'm. Sh- it, those facts, facts are not facts.
0: <laughs> Six rings.
1: Statistically, Statistically he is not, not the greatest of all time.
0: All right, let's like, move on before we get off the rails right. here. Um, <laughs> we have two 3-1 leads in the NBA Conference Finals, both in the Eastern and Western Conference. Uh, Brandon, which of these two teams has a shot to come back from 3-1, Boston or Denver. Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen it twice. Do you think it could happen for Boston a third time? Has,
1: Boston has no chance. At all.
0: You don't uh, think Boston has a shot to, no. let's say, win one Boston, more game here?
1: No. Well, maybe one the, more. But the Heat are gonna be like, "Nah, get out of here, Boston. This is our time to shine." Uh. The Nuggets, uh. Yeah, I think the Nuggets are gonna they have a chance. I think they're gonna bring it back. Um like yeah A D is playing great um but like man LeBron That's James kind of game too. is starting to Whew.
0: What what are your concerns with LeBron here so far? He doesn't – he's starting to look
1: like not the LeBron of old. And by that I mean he's not quite – I don't know, man. It's like there's – everybody's like acting as if LeBron is like still this OP player, which like, he's quite good, but he's not like God tier LeBron anymore.
0: You know, he's not prime LeBron, but I think one of the key pieces with LeBron right now, I mean, that game last night was pretty weird. Cause they, you know, the nuggets got in foul trouble. Um, and you know, they, they got to the line a lot, but I think one of the interesting things with LeBron and I keep going back to Rondo playoff Rondo. Right. And, him taking out some of the playmaking that LeBron does, giving him some help on the floor where he doesn't have to do everything, you know, at his age. Yeah, I still think he's a top five player in the league. You can obviously put guys like Giannis above him. Uh, I pretty much have Giannis above him in terms of just pure talent. But I think LeBron just just needs to take a little bit more off the plate. And Rondo, I think, in specific, has done that. And, and definitely AD has as well. Uh, Shane, what are your thoughts on, on LeBron right now?
2: First of all, I just wanted to share this with you. Um, oh God! SpongeBob meme about the Denver Nuggets. Whoever uh, did that
0: meme credit, but yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways,
2: yeah. No, I mean, I agree with Brandon. You know, I, I mean, LeBron. Yeah, he's he's great, obviously, but um, you know, he just he's definitely. I think he's definitely letting AD take the reins because he himself knows, yeah, here's this young guy who's really hot. You know, we're better in his hands, letting him take charge and just go off and do his thing, right? And, uh, you know, I I think, uh, I mean, I you know, L.A., All jokes aside, I do think L.A. will win this series because of, you know, obviously, you know, it's not prime LeBron, but it's still LeBron. He's still great. Uh, A.D. is just playing out of his mind. Uh, Then, you know, like you said, the playoff rondo, whatever. And I just, you know, I don't – I mean, yeah, Denver came back from 3-1 in two different series, but I think think this one's a bit different because – You know, because the Clippers, you know, like in their series, the the Clippers look like they weren't really taking it all that seriously. But I think the Lakers are really in it. They're all in. They're trying to win. So I think it's, you know, the mindset and the mentality of this series is a little bit different, I think. Um, So I do like the Lakers. Um, Although, you know, like we were saying, the 3-1 comeback has happened twice with Denver. Who's to say there won't be a third? I mean, who knows, you know, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Miami, I think, um, they, you know, they. I think they've really shown Boston's, uh, some of their in, in, inconsistencies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan is pointing them out in past shows. Um about how a lot of times they just seem to get a bit lucky in certain scenarios. And um, anyways, um, the luck of the Irish is well, enough, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think
0: Miami definitely has this, this series down pat. Yeah. Um, to finish off uh, with Boston, that was a really frustrating game to watch. Uh, the last game that they played, because Tatum, you know, he got 28 in the second half, but the first half he was abysmal. I mean, he just couldn't get his shot to go down. Uh, that game really showed me the true value of Tatum. I always talk about with uh, Boston how they actually have other pieces. You know, they have guys like Kembo who can shoot Jalen Brown who can shoot Marcus Smart as, a, you know, a defensive presence. But it shows you how much they need Tatum to really win games or be close in ball games, or I mean, to even as far as winning ball games, obviously uh, Tatum can help keep them close, and, and guys like Kemba can can definitely uh, shoulder some of that load to get the win. But I guess all this to say that Tatum's value is much more than we originally thought, or that I originally thought. I think the last game showed that. And defensively, these are both really not good defensive teams. They're not built to play defense Um, but I think Miami with their shots and and their three-point game Tyler Hero was phenomenal career day he looks like a guy who's going to continue to grow as a player um, as well but you you look at Miami and they just they just have better shots they have better shot selection and and at the end of the day I think that's kind of why Miami's the better team here so far and that's why they're up 3-1. Well I think they have more I think they have
2: more pieces, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Because, yeah, Boston has, you know, three or four guys that are real standouts. But, I mean, Miami, it's like all five of them are really competent, plus a couple of guys on the bench, you know. Um, Like, none of them are stars other than, like, Butler and Bam at a bayou. But, you know they're all do their job quite well.
0: So yeah, and let's move on to the MLB playoff bubble. Brandon, do you mind explaining uh, the uniqueness of this bubble and how they are uh, pursuing this for the MLB side?
1: I mean, the only thing really unique about it is that there is that the ALC, the AL teams are playing in NL parks, and the NL teams are playing in ARs. Which, I mean, is appropriate because, I mean, it would be pretty crappy if you had, like, oh, I don't know, Houston playing in their own park. Yeah. Um. So, it's kind of interesting because – they sort of managed to get through the season with only a couple of teams suffering from lost games because of COVID. Um, and it appears that they were like, you know what? We can finally use a bubble for the last couple games. Um, I don't know. I feel like players are going to have the same whininess that everybody else has had at first but we'll see
0: Mm -hmm. and then you know this is something that we were talking about a bit uh, throughout the week uh, with the NBA bubble but this could also be the case with the MLB bubble as well how how the bubble environment changes how the playoffs can actually go obviously with Denver uh, in in uh, the NBA side I don't think you know if we actually were maybe not in a bubble they probably maybe wouldn't have been as good, obviously, who's to say. But uh, do you think with the MLB, there there could be some of that where some of these teams that you wouldn't expect to to dominate, uh, find a way to dominate in this unique bubble format?
1: Well, yeah, already you have teams like Miami, who's – I doubt they would have been possibly finding a way in. Um, it's, it's interesting because – you have teams like the Reds, teams like – so currently the teams that are that are in the playoffs, playoff race, are Dodgers, Atlanta, Chicago, San Diego, St. Louis, Miami, Cincinnati, and San Francisco. Mm. Teams that normally don't make it in are – I mean, hell, you have – St. Louis, Miami, Cincinnati, and San Francisco all did not make the playoffs last year.
0: Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, it's a sixteen-team uh, schedule right. as well.
1: And it's also like one of those things where when you have eight um, eight teams, it's less. It feels like less of an accomplishment, you know. Mm-hmm. But because it's a sh- it's also a shorter season. And then in the American League, you have like Toronto uh Astros uh well actually Astros aren't locked in. They could still get knocked out by the Angels apparently.
2: Um it's not likely, but they could.
1: Right. So basically, it's looking like it's gonna be like Astros, Twins, Cubs. Um. Well, not Cubs, but no, not you get Cubs. my point. You yeah. get my point. You're <laughs> White seeing, Sox. You're, yeah, White Sox. You're seeing random teams making it in, kind of. Um. And you have the Astros all the way down at the bottom. Uh, currently the AL matchup for the are. Blue Jays, Rays, Indians, Twins, Astros, A's, and Yankees versus White Sox. And what's bizarre is you have teams that usually are at the top of the rankings, like the Yankees and the Astros are the 5 and 6 team, and you have the 1, and 2, the one, two, 3, and 4 teams are the Rays, the Twins, the A's, and the White Sox.
0: That last is much year, different.
1: Last year, White Sox were not in the... the So it's interesting because the only team in the AL matchup that was not in last year was the White Sox. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe the Blue Jays – no, the Blue Jays were also not in last year. Mm -hmm. It makes – you. it shows just how consistent the American League is um, and how much – how many teams are on the rise. But you also have to ask the question – if this was a longer season, would the Astros have even made it in? Because you had teams like the Angels and the and the Mariners who were just hitting their stride um at the 60 game mark, you know? Mm-hmm. So
2: It's kind yeah. of interesting. Hmm. yeah i mean if it was a if it was a full season i I, I doubt Houston would have hung in there because after after about the first month, you know they really took a dive yeah yeah, but I mean i don't they're playing the A's right in the first yeah or they're projected to in a yeah, three game series yeah i don't i don't think that would go well for houston <laughs> yeah um
0: but yeah we'll see yep. It should be really interesting as well with the bubble format we got a best of three for the wild card a best of five for the division series and a best of seven of course for the championship series and the world series the championship series and the world series might have uh about what 2022 a percent capacity of fans as well so uh it should be really interesting that's, that's fun Uh, And then we're actually going to finish off uh, with uh, the Stanley Cup Final and the UFC. Brandon, in terms of the Stanley Cup Final, obviously we talked about this being a really uh, strange matchup with the Stars and the Lightning, but a really interesting development happened in the last game with uh, Steven Stamkos coming back for the Lightning. He is out for uh, the next game. But uh, what is Stamkos' impact for the Lightning that kind of changes this series in your mind?
1: Uh, Stamkos is like a really just all-around big player for the Lightning. Um, he's had an impact on their team the last couple times that they've uh, made a run. Um, he's the most beloved player, in the arguably, in the Lightning franchise. <clears throat> um, if he comes back, uh, he could single-handedly take out the Dallas Stars, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just think he's that good of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an interesting
0: matchup this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and with Stamkos, I think you may up a good point. I and mean, we saw it last game. I think, you know, he'll be out game four, hopefully he'll be back game five, but I think you're right. I think the lightning have this. If Stamkos is at least even 80% moving forward, but uh, we'll see. He'll be out next game. Um, but maybe game five or game six, if this series does go long, uh, which it does have a potential to, uh, if Stamkos, uh, does miss some more extended time as well. Um, and then finally, we have a big UFC card this weekend, Adesanya against Paul Costa. I absolutely love Israel Adesanya. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on this main event? Uh,
1: it's kind of interesting cause it's two guys I wouldn't have thought of being put in the main event, but, um, I'm kind of happy about it. Um, you know, it's back on fight Island. So that's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly more interested in the co-main
0: mm-hmm.
1: with Dominic Reyes.
0: Um, and Jan Bonkovich, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It it's it's not a super stacked uh
0: card. Um there's definitely but, some names. Like I like Kaikara. Right, there's France.
1: names. There's names like Israel and uh Kaikara and Dominic Reyes, but And we
0: got but, uh Saijara Ubanks as well.
1: But it's like it's it's not like the big name fight. Um. Yeah, they, it seems like they've kind of done they they've kind of like balanced out their fights, their main cards a little bit for the for the future.
0: Yeah, for the um, remainder of of the of the year for sure.
1: It you have like Israel versus Paulo, and then Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blancharis, and then the net, and then on October third you have Holly Holmes fighting. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of uh like they have their two big names fights and then for the rest of the of the year i mean it's kind of i mean they're longer cards but they're just not as um until we get to october 24th where we're gonna have khabib versus justin Gaithy. yeah um
0: uh, I think I think it's an interesting point to bring up when you're talking about the UFC because obviously with with the pandemic they kind of had to stack a bunch of these cards in terms of you know stacking um, the uh, you know stacking these pay-per-views and now they've kind of gone back to oh, we're not going to stack them as much which I don't really like I like when the pay-per-views have more I mean names are fun of course uh, but I think you know stacking the pay-per-view is always Better because I think that's when, you know, everyone's watching are these pay-per-views. Yeah. As for these particular matchups, I, I love uh, Reyes and Bonkovic as well. I think that's going to be pretty even, but I'll give it to Reyes. In terms of Israel Adesanya and Paul Acosta, I love Israel. Uh, with DC retiring, Israel Adesanya is definitely my new favorite fighter. This guy, I mean, he's he had an absolute rise last year. I love his speed, right? Um, Paul Acosta talked about this in a really weird way. Um, which i am still found really bizarre. But um, in terms of him speaking actually about his speed, I think that's kind of what sets this matchup apart for me. Adesanya is is very much a guy who, who wants you to kind of take shots at him so he can move around uh, and do some kicks and potentially go to the ground. But I see Israel taking this. I think it's going to be a five-round fight. Uh, I see Adesanya winning by unanimous decision, though. I think the speed is definitely the key in this matchup. Yeah um in terms of kai car france i believe he's with um i believe i forgot exactly he's with i believe he's with francis Nganu's team actually um he is an absolutely fun prospect in his firework division fight division not full of interesting talent but when you're talking about kai france you're talking about a true prospect um we saw a bit of him last year saw his potential you're going to see it again uh, against Brandon Royval. I think it's a it's a great matchup for for that reason. And then Sajjad Eubanks is always uh, ridiculously fun to watch as well. So that's kind of uh, your main card. Um, Himachal should have be the fun. weirdest names. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know all over the world pretty much uh, for the UFC. So no, I know it's just like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We go from football where everybody is,
2: has in basketball, where everyone has such generic names and then you get all these and it's
0: like, whoa. <laughs> all right. And that will do it for this week. Uh, we'll let you guys know in advance of how we're doing the post show uh, coming up in the next couple of days. days. Um, but thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, great show as always. And we will see you all later on this week or this weekend pretty much or maybe monday yeah i think i think, I think we're i think we're gonna do monday are, are you both good for monday night i think we're gonna do monday night after chiefs ravens yeah yeah so i think i think we're gonna switch to monday night just for this week uh, the matchup is pretty big so uh, it's gonna be a ridiculously fun weekend of football we got fights and we got uh, basketball and hockey so really a full slate of fun stuff this weekend and we'll see you all on monday then all right. See you. Have a great weekend, everybody.